Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm going to make things right. Like we talked about. Like you did with Gregory. Only we never talked about that. I'm not asking you to agree with me. There was a time I did. But Negan deserved to die. Rick was wrong because he made a call that wasn't his to make. I just want to be sure that you're not wrong in the same way that he was. And I want you to be sure. Welcome to Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 131. We just keep on rolling along. (laughs) Well, you know what? We're a little bit worn out. We had quite the weekend. Yes. With Walker Stalker in town and Scott in town. Yes. Mm -hmm. And man. Now I'm, yeah. I'm just recovering right now. I know, I know. I've, I've, I've had to take a couple days to get my, my act back together again. I'm pretty exhausted. Again. Right it was now. just enough to get to the episode for Sunday to yes. watch it. So what did you what did you think of Walker Soccer, Stu? I had a great time. I had, actually, I think this was probably the best year. Was it? How many years have you gone now? Uh, this is third year, I think. That's it? No, you went more than that. Really? Probably how, many, how many have there been? I remember. There's been six. Six. Have we been to all of them? We have. Well... I have. You went to the first one with me as an attendee. Yes. I think maybe we, you might have skipped the second year. I'm not sure. No, yeah, maybe. Uh, okay. At, mo- at most four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not going to beat that one down. Okay. Yeah. I think I've been to five of the six, maybe. Yeah. This was probably one of the best ones that we've, we've had, I think. And it was a little different venue. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little bit more compressed, but it seemed like a heck of a lot more vendors were there. There were a ton of vendors. Um, and uh, everybody seemed to actually be in a very good mood. And yeah, the smaller venue worked better for them. I mean, it made it seem so. a lot more action-packed than than the ones with the last couple of ones we've been to. They've been in the huge halls and, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of dead space around them and so forth. This yeah. this was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well attended. I mean, there was a lot of people there. There was definitely more than last year. And there was a crazy amount of the actors just kind of walking freely around on the floor, too. Yes. Which was yes. surprising to see. I saw mm-hmm. so cool. many actors walking around. Even yeah, just the hotel. Cool. And we saw Greg Nicotero at the bar on Saturday night just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Xander Berkeley was walking around. Yep. Irony Singleton. Maggie and Grace. Then, and then you did have all Lenny the Lenny James grabbed my ass. Ah, yeah. Well, you yeah, wish. That was, <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Yes. I know that was traumatic but anyways i had to get that out i had to get that out i had to admit it (laughs) well i got to work the panel room again nice i have to say that my favorite panel the entire weekend was the panel that the new crew from fear the walking dead did that was on sunday and it was mo collins 
um, Kevin Zeger, who played Mel from the Vultures, mm. and um, Maggie Grace. Yeah, Garrett Dillahunt and Jenna Elfman. I think that was it. Mo Collins is the funniest goddamn person I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> Wait, life. Wait, like ja- she... Lenny James was there too. Oh, he? and Lenny James. Yes, yeah. thank you. I knew I forgot somebody. He's the main one. But she just like has these one-liners just off the cuff and her facial expressions. She's just, she screws up her face. Like she's just hilarious. Yeah. And Garrett Dillahunt was so funny. There was... <laughs> One of the one of the people in the audience asked Garrett Dillahunt about his um, gun handling skills, mm-hmm. and it very quickly devolved into this entire crazy thing about masturbation, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> handling his gun. Handling his gun. He's like, yeah, I've handled my gun since I was 13. <laughs> Only one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I oh, wish you my. could have been there to hear it. Uh, but that was a really great episode, or great panel. And then the other great panel of the weekend was Kari Payton and um, Cooper Andrews, mm-hmm. who play King Ezekiel and, and Jerry. Jerry. Right. They were also on Jerry. Sunday. And the two of them just have really great chemistry. So you can tell that they are actually friends and get along really well. And Cooper Andrews was talking about the scene that was actually shown on this past Sunday night's episode where he rides into camp on a horse to tell Rick that um, Maggie is on her way to Alexandria. And he said when they were filming that scene, when they first started rehearsing it, he just nailed it. He did it perfectly. He rode in on the horse, did exactly what he was supposed to do, and like, boom, done. But when it came to filming it... He, like, the the horse got startled, so it kind of took off on him with a jolt, and he got all shook up, and it was, like, wobbling all over the place, and <laughs> almost fell off of it, and when he got to the mark where he was supposed to actually say his lines, he was struggling to stay on top of the horse, and that's actually what they used on the, on the episode. Mm, right. <laughs> you were saying he pointed that out for people to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to make sure everybody saw that. And Kari Payton was talking about how, you know, Cooper Andrews is not... He's not a, it's not a little guy. He's kind mm-hmm. of a big guy. And he said when he got kind on the of, horse, yes. he said it's the only time he's ever heard a horse make an audible sigh. And he went, oh. <laughs> 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 nice. so funny. Yeah, nice. it was a great, great panel. So I had a fantastic time and I got to meet a ton of people. Oh, and I must say that one of my dreams did come true and I got to have my picture taken with Norman Reedus. Nice. There you go. Yes. And we posted a bunch of these pictures and stuff on our Facebook page. So we did, but I don't think we posted my Norman Reedus picture. So I need to make sure I do that. That was intentional at first. (laughs) I was a bit jealous. Were you? Yeah. Especially when I licked his face. Yeah. Uh, it's because he, you haven't been as excited about Stuart in years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because that whole Norman Reedus moment took away from the Red Sox winning the World Series. Ah. Uh, well, I am so sorry. This is That was a killer. Inexcusable. Hey, but the Red Sox won, and that's all that matters. Yes, they did win. So you had your moment this weekend, yeah. too. Boo hiss, yeah, boo did. hiss. Kim was sleeping, passed out on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, Red Sox weekend. won. Red Sox. Oh, everybody's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yelling to an empty house. <laughs> yes. Is anybody awake on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lonely feeling. Yeah. Stu, you just need to get some friends. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I can't. I have a podcast to run. Oh, <laughs> God, that's true. That's true. Your life is the podcast. No <laughs> so doubt. So what are you guys drinking well, tonight? Well, hold on, hold on. What? Hold on. I got to say one more thing, though, about the uh, convention. You know, it's all about horror and zombies and something like that. But there was some real disturbing booths there where they had um, <laughs> dead babies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind they of screwed up. made these dead baby dolls that were quite disturbing. Yeah. They were very real looking. Yeah, very real looking. I mean, I'm sorry, folks. Some people have got some really uh, weird uh, sense of humors on that. It does make you wonder. It didn't help that they were set up right across the people from the people that were selling the custom fangs. <laughs> right. So you had on one side you had a pile of dead babies, mm-hmm. and then you look over and there are people with fangs that look real mm-hmm. and fake contact lenses all staring at you like smiling. Yeah. It was like, okay, can we? We got to move on. Like I don't know where to go. I don't know what <laughs> to do fact, with this. In fact, I think Scott found Scott and I found ourselves there twice. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. Not Keep again. going. <laughs> they didn't make eye contact. Keep going. I, w- I said to I said to Stuart as we walked by, I said, boy, I do not want to go to their house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, one, one other thing now that you brought it up. There was a very nice tribute to Scott Wilson at the convention. They had his booth set up as if he was supposed to be there because he actually was supposed to be there. And huge piece of paper across it where everybody was signing their his names. Banner, and, his banner that they usually yeah. hang over their, yeah. their booths. And um, people were giving their good wishes and everything. The thing was filled, filled with people's names. And that was amazing. And between every single panel, they did a little video tribute to Scott, which left most of us in tears every single time. And I think I watched it maybe 100 times, and I cried just about every time. It was very nice and touching. And all the actors mentioned Scott Wilson and how amazing he was and how much they miss him. So it was really nice. It was a good touch. So... It was a good time. If you get a chance to go next year, you guys should definitely go. Mm-hmm. Yep, meet up with us. We might get a later ba- babysitter this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we weren't able to hang out at the bar. <laughs> oh, but we did see a Jesse um, yeah. uh, cosplayer from yeah. Preacher. That was mm-hmm. the first time we've ever seen a Preacher cosplayer, so that was cool. He was really yeah. good. Rob yeah. from L.A., if you're listening, you were awesome. Yeah, had fun talking to him. So um, back to what we were drinking. Yes, what are you drinking, Kim? All right, so I'm drinking a really cool beer called Automatic. It's a pale ale from Creature Comforts out of Athens, Georgia, and it's a really good beer, but the thing that I like about it most is that as I was just now looking at the can, I see this tiny little sign off to the side in the graphics that says, For the People. So this is actually like a tribute beer to REM, Automatic for the People. Yeah, And I yeah. just realized that. Mm-hmm. Very Luckily, cool. Luckily, it's a really good beer. It is a good beer. I'm I drinking like that one, too. Yeah, I had one of those when we were down there. Very good beer. I, I really like that one. I think Stu and I, uh, we had a couple different ones, but we kept going back to that. Yeah, I almost made it to their little tasting space there, too, in Creature oh, yeah? Comforts. But I had five children in tow, or four in tow at that point. So now we didn't end up actually going in there. To the Athens, Creature Comfort was like a block away from uh, Rory's dance oh thing. oh that's right that's right yeah, so that's we right. almost made it but okay you're right next should have time. dragged the next kids time. with you is, yeah they they do an awesome job they have some great beers yeah yep. i agree i agree what are you drinking scott 
Uh, I'm drinking another one from down your way from uh, one of our favorite breweries, Monday Night Brewery, and it's the Dust Bunny Hazy IPA. Really very good hazy IPA. I like a good New England IPA, and this one is uh, this is one of the better ones. It's very smooth going down, um, not too much bitterness to it. Um, I really liked it. I was very impressed. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I will drink it anytime. Well, we are here to cover The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 4, The Obliged. So we have one more episode with Rick Grimes. It's so hard to believe, actually. It really is. I, I mean, agree. that's quite so hard where they left him. Mm-hmm. It's actually hard to believe that he makes it to the next episode where they mm-hmm. left him. That's but, true. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. set up for, for him to disappear now. I mean, they're setting it up for like him to be involved in all the altercations that are happening. So I don't know how he's going to disappear, but... Anyways, it was a great episode. I thought. Yeah. And I mean, there was. I mean, there was a lot more. Obviously, I guess that was the thing. There was so much more going on other than Rick. You know, we had Rick and uh, Daryl having their spat. Which, honestly, I've thought, and Scott might be shocked at this. Scott might agree. Uh, Reedus's um, acting in that was so much better. Oh, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great. Then Andrew Lincoln. I thought mm-hmm. he was great. I thought Andrew Lincoln was like way over the top. He was a bit oh, well, I, listen, I, I, let me tell you guys, though, you know, honestly, having watched the last three episodes, which I thought have been all been brilliant, I'm shocked to think that this is the same show that we've been watching the last couple of years. I yeah, know. Exactly. I mean, yeah, right. the writing is so much better. It is yes. so much better. Uh, Geraldine Anoa, I think. Yeah, Geraldine Anoa is the writer I know of this episode. And what she did with the dialogue between Negan and Michonne and Rick and Daryl and Carol and everybody else, I, I thought, you know, unlike previous seasons, these conversations contain so much more content. They are so much more provocative. And for once, their dialogue has substance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so much of the crap writing that's been happening over the last couple of years has been due to the fact that they try to communicate all the time just with looks and grunts and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. These people are actually talking in this episode, and it was really interesting conversations. That one between uh, Negan and Michonne was fantastic. Yep. I mean, just the way uh, Negan's probing her all the time, trying to mm-hmm. to figure her out and get his way in, was just really, really well done. Um, At the same time, you're like, don't fall for it, Michonne. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. They, he's yeah. just trying to get stuff out of you. He's mm-hmm. just trying to manipulate you the entire time. Well, that's the thing. There's emotion behind all yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you were actually yep. involved yep. in it and wanted to hear what was going to happen next. Right, because I mean, you have person, you know, skin in the game almost. Yeah. When you're talking, when you're thinking about these characters, and a lot yeah. of a lot of the the episode really the um, the script had a lot of uh, conflict and duality in it. I mean, you had characters trying to figure out what they were. You know, when it came to like Maggie with what she's dealing with Jesus, trying to figure out where his allegiances lie. Um, oh, who else am I thinking? Michonne, of course, you know, they show right from the beginning that Michonne backs up her daily wonderful life with going out and killing monsters because that's how she she needs that other side of herself. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that fighting back and forth between the people on, on who they are and so forth. Um, you know, so anyway, I thought the yeah, the script was really well done on this. I like what you just said about the duality of it. I didn't really think about that until you just said it, but it's true. I mean, everybody, even Carol, uh-huh. when the gun is put in her face yeah. and she could either shrink back and become the old Carol 
that was abused and nothing, or be stand up and be that strong person that we've come to know. And even though she put her gun down, she was mm-hmm. still strong and she right. stood her ground and then took the shit out of him. Right. Like, like that was awesome. And, and so, yeah. And what about, what about, uh, Daryl? I mean, Daryl's conflict was amazing in this episode. Daryl's scene was probably one of my favorite scenes of him finally telling Rick, which should have been done seasons ago, right. finally telling him how he feels about what is going on. And I still don't feel like he told him enough, but I understand there's that male <laughs> dynamic there. You mean the lack of communication dynamic? There yes. was There was yeah. a lot said there, though. I mean... There, there was a lot said in male speak, yes, but... Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but that's, you know, we're more concise with what we, how we put things. We don't have to bring in all the extra stuff. You don't need the fluff? No. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Not unless we've been drinking a whole lot. Then maybe we might have the fluff. Right, oh, right. All the, <laughs> I love that, you, man. <laughs> that's what led them into the hole in the first place. Yeah. Had, they had to have been drinking on the way there. Yeah. That was ridiculous. The the roll down the hill. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, in all, in all seriousness, that was the one big problem I had with that episode was that damn hole. Yes, Where the hell exactly. did that come from? Exactly. <laughs> was I, someone out there digging a big hole for no reason? Well, well it was a sinkhole, obviously, but it was just the, the silliness. It was a pretty it, lame yes. sinkhole. Do you yeah. think it's a sinkhole? Yes. I was thinking somebody dug it. No one dug that hole. It was hell's gonna dig that massive hole. To, but it was made it's to look a like sinkhole. a sinkhole. But it was it was very badly done. But normally a sinkhole sinks because there's like water or something. Yeah, there's it's debris like, underneath. Yeah, it. it's not like a perfectly dug out yeah. hole. Like yeah, with that. a and, smooth and it's entrance. Not dry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Exactly. Okay, well they little, got me on that one then. Yeah, I, I mean, loved all that the was a massive sinkhole coming out down the side of it so that the uh, walkers can shoot right on down their little. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm talking smooth, about. Yeah, well, because there's been walkers shooting in there the entire time. You saw them <laughs> on the floor, right? Uh, no, no, no. It was very clean in there. Yes, it was, but <laughs> extremely clean. No I was very happy. No, <laughs> I was very happy to see Daryl start stacking them. So that he could use them. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, stack those things, man. Get higher up. But unfortunately, they I didn't thought it was stay funny. long enough I to get more I thought it was funny. Them. It was actually smart. But it was actually pretty funny. It was very smart. Yeah. Daryl's using his noggin, finally. And his mouth. Yep, yep. Wish he'd use it on me. But I, I still have to oh. admit, I can't figure out what the <laughs> hell. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Aye>, Vey. <laughs> they didn't even let you touch him, did they? I got. They're like just hover near him. I got to put my arm around him, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Is that why he had that pained expression on his face in the picture? No. We, we will post that picture because actually Kim was lucky enough to have the Norman Reedus where he actually took his hood off yes. of his sweatshirt. Yes. He had the hood down. There's so many people are paying huge money to get pictures with him, and he had his hoodie up over his head, and I was like, oh my god, dude. Well, John Bernthal had his hoodie up and sunglasses on that's in re- every single picture ridiculous. this weekend. Well, Rita's, like, that's doesn't lame. he say, well, he has, like, some eye condition? He was in a car accident, so the glare of the lights actually hurts his eyes, so he has to wear his sunglasses. Bernthal? No, no. N- Norman Reedus. Reedus. I have so many things to say about that right now, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I think we should go ride with Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he probably shouldn't be riding motorcycles. <laughs> it sounds like it's time to stop your ride with Norman Reedus. Um, <laughs> no, I gotta keep my sunglasses on. That sounds like an excuse that someone had in high school. Yes, you know, exactly. like oh, I can't take. I'm sorry, teach. Can't take my sunglasses off. The, the, <laughs> the one, on. the one, the only part of the episode I'm still not quite 
getting into is the uh, Father Gabriel thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm still not. And and please, I, I just want to talk about this for a couple minutes so we can get it out of the way. Um, okay. Does that mean you don't want to talk about it after this? No, I really don't. Okay. Uh, so ahead. much. There, so I want to talk about all the other stuff because it was so much better. Okay. Um, but I I'm confused as to. She says that he's her meal ticket to get back in, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But is is she supposed to make him into a walker for that to happen? I don't know. I'm confused about the whole thing, too. It, it almost looked like she was testing him to try and find out his character in a way. I don't think so. I mean, I thought it was... I think she was really going to turn him. You think so? Yeah. And then she but had why... a change of heart? Yeah, that's what I think. Right, right. Yeah, he made her feel so guilty about it. Does this it. go back to you knowing more than what we know? No, 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 okay. no, it really doesn't. Like, I I honestly have no idea what direction this is going to go in. Do I need to put a walker in your face before you tell me? <laughs> that would help. going on? That would help. Okay. Uh, but, no, I mean, I really don't know what direction this is going to go or whatever. It but was odd. It was very odd. It was weird. Yeah. And for her to then leave without him, if he was supposed to help her get into this community, well, I mean, like, what is she going to do now? I mean, that's a major effort right there to, to tie this, to get another walker who, I don't know, maybe she had still had some laying around the heaps somewhere. Well, see, that's but, why I'm wondering if, okay, spoiler alert a little bit. If you saw the previews for next week, we know a little bit more about what's going to happen with Rick, right? Right. So that's why I'm kind of wondering, like, she's gone, but maybe she stumbles across Rick and still takes him as her meal ticket to get into whatever this place is. Oh, because, yeah, there's that connection of yeah. the A. Yeah, he's the I don't a. think that's going to be it. But, but I, yeah, I'm. but, you know, here, here's the thing, though, Stu. I think she has two ways of getting to this community. One is taking Father Gabriel and getting the helicopter, okay? Because mm-hmm. that gets her ticket on the helicopter to be taken there. Or not taking Gabriel and walking there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's why there was a, a choice of whether to to walk or if she was going to take Gabriel, she was going to walk, you know, take him as just as her companion, then they would have to walk. If she was going to take him as her meal ticket, then they would she could get a ride on the helicopter. Right. Gotcha. But either way, they were both going to go to that go to that place. But I right. just can't figure out I can't <clears throat> figure out what being. An alpha has to do with being a walker because it was obvious she was going to make him into a walker. And, and then I think there was other people that were posted on Twitter. They were like, well, this obviously means that he's a beta. And I was like, but she said I thought he was a B. Like, I'm completely confused as to what the hell's going on right now with him and yeah. his status. Well, we're not going to know any of that for a while. And that's We're fine. still supposed to be guessing. But the point is, I think, that she had a change of heart and decided to not take him at all and left him in that container car right. for him to, to survive on his own mm-hmm. and to get back to the community. With, with what was the, uh, the quote that she left? It was that if they yeah. if, if, gonna... if we If I leave alone, Oops. I can move fast. If, if yeah. we leave together, I'll move slow. I need to move fast. Yeah. We need to move fast, didn't she say? No, no, I she need said, to move I fast. need to move fast. Oh, okay. That's why she went on her own. Yeah. Okay, so she is off to that community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as we know. As far as we know, yes. she's heading out for that community, whatever it is. All right. Now, the walker she used to put in his face, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The old lady with no arms? Yeah, and I feel bad for that lady she's like She was like in a wedding thing. dress or something, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. And to like, you know... 
tip it over, put it in his face, and then bring it back. That was. Did you see on Talking Dead when he was talking about how that scene was filmed? Yeah, how uncomfortable it was. Yeah, and that she was supposed to be all gurgly with spit in her mouth, mm-hmm. but she still had to growl at the same time. So every time she growled, the spit dribbled out and into his mouth. Hey. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he and felt bad. Like, I forgive you. I forgive you. That's gross. Well, and he That's felt gross, bad. But he I felt you. bad because he could tell by looking at her that she was horrified she was doing this to him. Yeah, no <laughs> and he was like, it just, "It's part of the job. It's okay." I yeah. would be throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, bottom line is, Anne slash Jadis has some sort of heart, and actually genuinely likes Father Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And does not want to put him in harm's way, which is why he spares. she spares his life. She, right. And she's not leaving because of him. She's leaving because she feels like there's no place for her in that community. Mm-hmm. Right. Because immediately threatened. they blamed her for, for uh, what was it, for that dude disappearing, uh, uh, Jared? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah and but, I mean, there, it's just Justin. It's Justin. an instable community, especially with the saviors around when she left. I mean, right. she left before all that stuff started falling out anyways, or started to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we'll move on from that subject line and get into some real interesting stuff. We'll move on from that part to the beginning. Mm-hmm. I want to know who is the guy hanging from the tree that oh, Michonne, Michonne walks up, up on. Yeah, that's a good point. I wrote that down. Yeah. And he's fresh, yeah. so I don't think he was dead when he was hung, mm-hmm. and his hands are tied in front of him. And so Michonne's going through her own turmoil, where she's this is her her way of dealing with stuff, is going yeah. out on her own and having to kill walkers. Which I think uh, is fantastic. Which I, I I actually thought that that part was great, the fact that she mm-hmm. is the one that's that's having a hard time sleeping. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she's responsible think, for everything. She's right, and I think it was her. her discomfort at seeing the guy hanging there wasn't due to her knowing who that was or anything. I think it was more... It was she was relating it to what Maggie did, mm-hmm. and her discomfort with that whole position. Right, and then you saw her react to the bat that of Negan's. So she was she was having a, a real struggle over how to go forward with all this stuff. Yeah, and that was prior to her meeting up with Negan, and then it's it's uh, driven home again when she's reading the story. Right. Uh, the children's book and the bat shows up. So I mean, that's you know kind of the thing, the the theme that they're kind of driving home for her is that yep. she yep. is like Negan, which I agreed with her um, final uh, kind of fighting back, fighting Negan off, saying I'm not like you at all, right? Because mm-hmm. you get right. some enjoyment out of this, right. yeah. And I'm yeah, trying to make made, the community she, right. better. She, she rebuffed directions. that to him. Um, yep. I'm not sure what he meant though. I have to admit, I'm not sure what he meant when he said that. Um, so I see it now. You're not afraid of being me. You're afraid you will become me. He was just fishing. You could tell he was fishing. And that's what she says. She's like, you're just trying to have some connection with me, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, I'd like after all this crap, because when when she's first down there, she's kind of falling for it and falling mm-hmm. for it so much. She's getting pissed off that she leaves. And then finally starts thinking about it a little bit. And well, like, he went a little bit too far with talking about her son. Yes, yeah. And uh, so he, he kind of killed the conversation in that but respect. But that's, I mean, that's his, that's his M.O. He's manipulative, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, right. that's, he's using people and their emotions against him to, to drive him a certain way. People mm-hmm. using people. Yeah, and I think um, just the, the, uh, the back and forth that went on with that conversation was fascinating. Um, 
That was, I think, one of the best jobs that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's done on the show. Yes, I agree. Especially when he got so emotional about Lucille. Yeah. I, I love the fact that he was he was menacing, but not completely menacing in this. Uh-huh. You know, he, 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 was, he was, in essence, reaching out. Now, to what end? I don't know. You know, that's the thing we have to find out. But you still could feel that while he was trying to manipulate her, while he was he was probing to get into her, under her skin or get into her head, he also, um, I think, really was genuinely reaching out to her because he, I think he does feel somewhat that she's a kindred spirit. Now, do you feel that same way when he is crumbling at the end there, when he's asking for the bat, and he's 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 kind of losing that opportunity? Well, or, yeah, or not. Well, I think, I, I think that just shows that he's he's butt ass crazy. Um, let me ask you this: What did he say? What did he say after um, Michonne told him that it's out there somewhere? And Michonne walked out, and he said something while he was standing at the bars and turned around, and then he walked to the back of the cell and started banging his head on the cell. Well, he was like, "No, no," yeah. and then uh, then when he she said left, something. I played it back a couple of times. I couldn't figure out what it was, what he was saying. Something about, um, something about I'll find you again or something like that. I can't, I wasn't he, quite sure. He kept saying her, I will find her again. So he's oh. personifying the bat. Yeah. If anybody knows what, what the line was there, that would be great if they could let us know. Yeah. Cause I'm very curious. I, like I said, I played it back like three times and I still couldn't understand what he was saying. Yeah. To me, when that happened though, it seemed like everything else that he said was bullshit. Yes, because that was the reason he was saying all of that. That was the real. And when meeting. he when he lost to get when Lucille, he, yeah, yeah, and 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 knowing that she would that they didn't have her because he thought they had her, mm-hmm. and when he found out that she didn't, and and Michonne, I think that was kind of like when Michonne finally found her power again over him, mm-hmm. right? Because that entire time he was kind of in control of the the conversation until that happened, and then it was like, wow, he is weak, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that's like his kryptonite. Yeah, is like yeah. losing that that bat, and when he finds out that it's not maybe there, so, I had, I didn't think of it that way when I was watching it, but uh, but it does make sense what you're saying. And then he starts beating his head like, yeah, it's over. Like you know, like I mean, he's frustrated. Obviously, he's not trying to sure. kill himself. He's just like extremely frustrated that he kind of lost an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But so. do you think at this point that sandwich looked good though? Sandwich did look <laughs> actually good, did really good look good. Do you think at this point he's more? upset about losing Lucille versus like missing his wife. Like the oh, bat yeah. has Much kind more. of taken the place of his wife. And even she, she died. She, he says of cancer before the apocalypse even happened. Mm-hmm. And so she was never around to experience any of this right. stuff or even to experience him mm-hmm. as this maniacal evil person. Well, I think he was genuine when he expressed the fact that he, it was, it was good that, she died earlier. I mean, it just, yeah. it, uh, she would have made him weak because she wasn't there. It was a relief so that he could be strong. And he was saying he thought the same way of Michonne when she lost her son. It was his symbol of his wife, but it was also his symbol of his power. I think it's dual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dual purpose. Yeah. Right. I think Lucille the Bat took on, took on its own persona that it wasn't Definitely. really the wife. It was anymore. It was Lucille the Bat. Yeah. The bat right, is a symbol I, of all his power. Which is why I think it's so interesting that he uses pronouns for the bat and everything. Well, he always talks to it. I mean, there was one mm-hmm. time when he, didn't he jump in the car and he put the bat in like a yeah. painter's the bucket. bucket yeah. And he was talking to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Oh, yeah, it was the bucket of blood. Yeah. That's yes. what it was. He had the bucket of guts that was there, mm-hmm. and he put it in there. The argument that he had, though, about them both being weak if those people had survived. Yeah. I actually believe him. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And I feel the same way. Like, if you are attached to someone and that person means the world to you, you're going to do everything in your power to protect them. But you're also not going to be as, I don't know, like as aware of your own personal being, I guess. You're more well, focused take, on that you, other you'll person. You'll be taking more chances to protect somebody else. Whereas if you're just on your own, you're, you're only watching out for you. And it's and, harder to have somebody else dragging along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to get away in situations when you need to. Well, if especially if yourself. it's a child or if it's a wife yeah. that's unprepared to deal with that situation as Negan had. I'm glad you understand that now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're the one that's oh. going to be left behind. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. Ten, minute, ten minutes after the, uh, the zombie invasion, Stuart will be sitting there going, Damn it, I lost the internet. Yes, that'll be me. I'll be bugging out of town. <laughs> Actually, be, you should see. I'll be saying, "Oh man, all my stuff's melting in the in the fridge. I want to make." A there's sandwich. a photo. There's a photo towards the end of the Walkstalker convention that Kim had with the two Kingdom folks. Who was it? Yeah, the ladies. Nadine Masura or something like that, and Carrie Cahill. Okay. And Kim said, "Let's do a picture where it's apocalypse picture." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carrie Cahill said and that. And the other two are very serious, and Kim's there with, like, freaked out, like, ah, face. <laughs> and I said, that just shows you you're the one that's going to die. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we are really equipped for this. No, not at all. Three of us. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. We might think we are, but we're not. Oh, God, no. Uh-uh. I'm no. barely equipped for a block disposal. <laughs> <laughs> much less i'm barely equipped for a me. power outage are you kidding <laughs> candles Bro- what do you do with these things a broken shoelace might as well call the day off <laughs> exactly that's what i'm gonna do tomorrow <laughs> damn it this is gonna be a bad day i'm staying home exactly oh my God. i feel like this day's not gonna work well for me um on that note why don't we go ahead and take a break and when we come back we'll get on to uh Maybe more on Rick and Daryl? Yup. All right, we'll be back. Okay, everybody, we're back. I, you know, I thought Eugene had some good scenes in this episode too, and I, I like the way his character's being played right now. Me too. He still has, you know, he still has some of that funny, quirky banter, but it's not too over the top. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to see him in a position of responsibility. Well, he keeps coming in to check in on logistics every now and yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, we kind of like, here's what's going on in the background. Rick. Exactly. The levy done broke. One of y'all said this maybe last episode, maybe, that that episode seemed like a goodbye episode for Rick. And I think this one kind of seemed like a goodbye episode for Rick, especially with the way he was talking to Eugene Mm -hmm. and telling him how 
He's basically a a valued member of the community now and that you've done everything. And yeah, I mean, everything everything. that you've done has made all of this possible. And you are a very important person in our lives. And you're not just a book guy. Yeah. And you could see the love in Eugene's face like, wow. okay, thanks. He emotionally went up and gave him a big I love you, man. Hug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Of course, Eugene the whole time was fishing for a compliment anyway. Yes, he was. (laughs) <laughs> and actually, I think I said during the episode, I leaned over to the camera and I was like, why do they have to keep like the Eugene like joke going so long? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like when, well, when he was his dialogue about yeah. like what he was talking about. Oh, well, you know, it's like the two Shakespeare characters that come together and then it's this and yeah. that. And then and I was like, and it just kind of kept going. I was like, OK, just end it. Like, we're not that dumb. Like, like, end the joke. Right, right. Yeah. But I think, I think yeah. actually what, the, what they were trying to do there, Stuart, is they were trying to, they wanted to make Rick kind of glaze over um, when he's listening to all that because, because it, it gave Eugene the opening to say kind of like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't do better. I mean, it made me glaze over. I mean, Rick wasn't reacting to the fact that he couldn't do better. He was just reacting to the fact that Eugene's Shakespearean story was getting a little boring. <laughs> so yeah, so it was almost like, uh, in a way, nervous talk from Eugene. Yeah, he just kind of yeah. kept rambling. Yeah, and then, so it got, got it. I got you. So it got it propelled them into that uh, discussion about Eugene's worth, which I thought was very good. It was a it was a nice point in the in the show. I mean, I will admit that. I kind of checked out about halfway through what Eugene was saying. I have no idea what he said. I do. Except that it was about the um, the bridge and the, the... He had named the two the two yeah, walker the, hordes the two Shakespearean herds. characters. And right, he right, was, right. He was having I a know. problem, though, that if they merged, he was he did not like the fact that he'd have to put their names together. Yeah, but, I know that part. Uh, I'm just okay. saying that it did... I'm agreeing with Stuart that it did go on a little bit long. Right. I actually like the fact that he named the herds... I would love to know more about that process. Mm-hmm. I like the details. Um, how does he keep them apart? <laughs> you know what? I still have a problem with Eugene, like, like convincingly being intelligent mm-hmm. because <laughs> because of how much he rambles and like you know how odd he is. Mm-hmm. Yes, I understand that he's you know he's got this kind of odd intelligence to him. Well, he's, but he's, um, he's a but, savant. But for, I know, be, but to be the savant and yet at the same time be able to um, manage people uh-huh. and manage, you know, what's going on, like it just, it, like it, it's, it's an odd mixture. I think, I think he him. manages people out of the fact that they now respect him. Respect they, him. they just listen to what he well, says. Well, they respect his knowledge. And, you know, they, and I think they know enough to know that he's not being rude to them by any means. It's just the way he communicates. I don't think I've ever like believed that he was actually smart ever again after the whole thing where he was faking stuff to Abraham. Right. You know, I don't think I ever believed again that he was actually intelligent. Well, if I you think the about it, time though, he was still an idiot. Yeah, but if you think about it, he even even then though he was still talking about a lot of uh, scientific principles and things like that beforehand. He may not have been on a mission to save save uh, the world, but he still was definitely a smart guy and was using that as an excuse. They've tried to push that over and over again. It's still just, <laughs> it just never worked with me. I don't know what it is. We can't pull Stu in there, Fred. No. Just not, just not going for it. Just not feeling but it. Anyways, yeah, just not feeling it. Okay. <laughs> Before we get back to, uh, to Rick and Daryl, which comprise pretty much the near the end of the episode, 
we do have Carol dealing with a confrontation with the saviors, right? Because the savior, saviors went home, and then Carol's telling Rick she's going to be taking um, the hilltoppers home also. No, the kingdomers, sorry. Kingdom, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, you, like you're saying, that Rick is saying goodbye. He was like saying goodbye to Carol in that scene. Yes, he was, yes. But I thought that the way, like you were saying about Carol handling the situation and so forth, was, was really interesting to watch how she handled those saviors who had figured out that the Oceansiders did it, that the Oceansiders were the ones that were killing off the uh, savior guys that had attacked them. Well, even before that, when Carol was talking to Rick and telling him that she was going to take the people home, she mentioned, and it was it's kind of like confession hour on this episode. She's like, you know what? The saviors need to fend for themselves, and if they can't handle it, that's their problem, not ours. Right. And it was so nice to hear someone finally say that. It's right. Well, she said they don't want us there. She's, yeah, it, right. but it's like they're enabling them at this point. Like mm-hmm. they're they're trying to be their own people, and they're struggling really hard. And Rick is struggling really hard on the opposite side to to get everybody to be all kumbaya and loving each other. And it's just not working out. It's, there comes a time when you have to just stop. Kind of like the way that North Carolina keeps South Carolina going. <laughs> sometimes you just got to cut them off i'm sorry you do you do Mm -hmm. that's why there's no carolinas it's north carolina is north carolina sorry is north carolina actually doing anything to help south carolina yeah we have a football team in charlotte i was gonna say they have football team in carolines that's like it (laughs) (laughs) usually just ends at the border i think yeah pretty much pretty much yeah, that's funny. Yep. Anyway, just kidding. So, uh, so Carol ends up confronting. Um, oh, what's his name? Jed. Yep. Jed and the and the wild boys from uh, Sanctuary, and um, it gets pretty heated. They evidently poor Alden. He's probably sitting out in the woods somewhere with a headache right now because they stole the his gun. <laughs> Did they just steal his gun? Yeah, they, they, said they overtook him. Yeah, okay. Jed said Go, Alden's not as fast as you are. So evident, but we heard also that Alden later on was going to intercept them and get them back to sanctuary. Okay, so he so, was still alive. Yeah, yeah he was that's still that's the part I did miss. But I, I did have. To, uh, I was very surprised that uh, Carol lowered the gun, and that was the point where you're just like, "Don't do it! Don't lower the gun!" Right. In fact, Jed had a gun, and mm-hmm. I think one of the other saviors in the background had a gun. But there, I don't know. I don't that there think, was many I others that had. I them. thought Jed yeah. was the only one with a gun. There I thought the rest there of was them had a woman that was stuff. standing in the background that had one too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a lot more guns on one side. I think that's part of the reason why she put down her gun is because yeah, she knew it, that it was it, yeah, and that's why I will tell you this. That's why when um, when I saw scenes about next week, they show uh, or actually no, I take it back when they showed the horse run out of the camp. Mm-hmm. There was a gun mm-hmm. battle going on. So I'm not sure who was having a gun battle if all the guns were on one side, you know. But it looked like they had a moving battle going through the camp. Well, actually, I mean, that was that was happening when um, they're Rick. down in the, the right. sinkhole. Exactly. And they're like, oh, something's happening back at mm-hmm. camp. Mm-hmm. It's going to attract the walkers. Yeah. Yep. Cookie got hit. <laughs> 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 Yeah, and that's when uh, Rick and Daryl got back to being buddies again because they had to work together. Rick was really doubting himself throughout this entire episode, all because of this bridge debacle. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that's the catalyst for a lot of what happened during this episode. Mm-hmm. But and and also why he's he's kind of complimenting other people because it's kind of like. You know, we didn't we didn't accomplish what we set out to accomplish with this bridge, but you guys did a great job, and I want you to know that. And Rick is really trying hard to be that diplomatic leader, right? But he's holding on to that lost cause, which Daryl finally explains to him. So I'm that's why I'm so happy that they finally had this conversation, Rick and Daryl, because, like Daryl said, you're holding on to something that you need to really just let go of. Mm-hmm. And I think Rick really needed to hear that, that he's not talking just about this community that they're trying to build. They're, he's talking also about Carl and the past and Lori <laughs> and everything else. And mm-hmm. just, you know, this is a new this is a new day. And those people meant a lot to us. Yes. But it's time to move on and get past all that. Right. I don't I don't mean to laugh, but I did write myself a note when I was watching that scene when Rick started breaking down talking about Carl and I wrote down, pull it back a bit, Andy. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's a little bit overacting there. I thought that was a little silly, but Well, it, the acting was silly, but the message was really good. Yes. Like mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. it's revealed that Yes, the entire reason he is doing everything that he is doing, which is in turn putting people at risk, is all because of Carl mm-hmm. right. and Carl's message that he had to convey to Rick. Well, and, and he, I mean, what has it been, like a year, a year and a half? A year and a half. Yeah. Since all this happened, and yet he's he's making this community do all this stuff, mainly because of that dream. And right, that, and, that, and he's pointing out to Rick, he's, you know, he's pointing, he's saying to Rick that uh, here you are, protecting Negan and Negan brutally killed Glenn. Yeah. Had Glenn yeah. not been around, none of them would have been together. Glenn right. had saved Rick, had connected them up with Laurie and and uh, and his kid and and the rest of the group. So mm-hmm. they never would have been together if it weren't for Glenn. Right. And right. and he was letting the guy that had brutally killed Glenn live. And that's why right. he agreed with Maggie that it, you know, she had every right to want that guy dead. Yeah. But but Rick is still also holding on to that. What? I'm thinking of that game at Chuck E. Cheese where you have that hammer and you like... Yeah, the, whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole? Whack-a-mole, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you thinking of that? Because that's what happened to Glenn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, we saw we saw a great picture. At the Walker Stucker, you can take pictures with uh, different celebrities or whatever. And there was one that they had. It was with um, Stephen when... Uh, taking it with yeah. somebody, yeah, and he had he had those those springy eyeball glasses on, yes. <laughs> with one hanging down, and the other guy had a bat up against his head. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Y'all are some sick motherfuckers. <laughs> you laughed too. I did. Yes, you okay. did. Yes, Don't you even. did. Don't oh, even. that was hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Did you believe though that Rick didn't know that Oceanside had killed? Yeah, the saviors. Why the way that it was revealed, so not convincing to me. Oh, that he's that when when he finally said, "Oh, well, Oceanside didn't have a problem." Yeah. So first of all, all Daryl said was basically what you just said, yeah. and there's no like, Oceanside is the one who killed the saviors. There's no he doesn't just come out and say it, and Rick makes that leap from what Daryl said to, "Oh, Oceanside killed the saviors." Like yeah. really, I would have never made that leap. Why not? I mean, think about it. The, their whole thing is they never could figure out what happened to these, to these saviors. And Daryl's telling them, well, the savior or the Oceansiders also took their own 
vengeance out, or also took their own form of judgment. Was is could have meant so many things though. Isn't oh, that the line where he turned that straight into? Why did they do that? Because Carl, everything is lost, and you're just like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> hold it back. Carl Andy. died for nothing. Yes. If Rick, if Negan hey, dies, way over the top. Like, I mean, you don't have to be crying at every time, like your sons, especially mm-hmm. a year, year and a half afterwards. Mm-hmm. Every time his vo- his name is invoked, you do not have to break down crying. Especially since they point. mentioned his name like 50 times a day. Yes. <laughs> Carl would have loved these tomatoes. <laughs> Carl wanted that bridge built. So, yeah, I mean, the symbolism is very evident. The bridge is keeping, is the dream to keep everything uh-huh. together. It's actually it's, the bridge yes. between the two communities and it's, to keep it, them all together. Yes, but and the, the ones that are building it are the saviors who are the lost cause. Yeah. And it's all getting washed away, and the saviors are going away. and uh-huh. So many euphemisms. Yes. But, well, it, anyways, so I guess the question is, do we do we even know what happened at back at the camp then? Do we do, we don't no, know? No, 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 okay, we don't. So that's there still was a up running gun. Last we saw was a running gun battle going on in the camp. So and that's up in the air. Um, there's a piece of rebar up in the air sticking out of Rick right now. Right. What else we got going on? Um, well, <laughs> Daryl Daryl's heading back to the camp to help out. Figure out Maggie's what's going on, on there. her way back to kill Negan. Right. Oh, Which, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So and there's all kinds of shit going on in this next episode. It's almost yeah. like it's a finale. That's true. But it's not. That's How many true. actual episodes do we have left in this season? In this. Have lead season. up to Christmas. Uh, so next week is five. So uh, probably three more. Okay. So we're gonna have Rick gone, and then it, it is. It's kind of amazing to think, like, I mean, how they're actually gonna deal with that with him gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna have to find out because it was definitely a cliffhanger at the end, and based on what we saw from scenes from next week, Rick's gonna get out of that. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I really hate that. I, I hate know. that. That that. I mean, can you not show, like, other stuff that's happening? You they leave. Or they could have just shown the, the dream scenes and so forth that he's going to have. Or, yeah. show, or show stuff dealing with Maggie mm-hmm. and show stuff dealing with the other people and just leave Rick out of yes. any of that. Right, yes. right, like, right, like, right. You don't, you don't know if he's going to get away. No. I, I'm hoping that those are also dream scenes. That he actually got out of there? No, 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 no. Oh. That him walking out of there is a dream scene. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. Well, we'll find when out. When he's like, oh, oh, well, that's just a popsicle sticking out of my side. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so I think we'll have a little bit of the, uh, who was it, Tyrese? The creamsicle. Was it Tyrese that had the uh, characters come to talk to him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. When he died. I think we'll have a little bit of that with going on with Rick. So it will be interesting to see if some some characters are uh, make a cameo. Well, we know some. Well, we already know John Bernthal is. Yep. And Scott Wilson is supposed to, mm-hmm. and Chandler Riggs is supposed to. Yeah, but there's a, there was also talk that maybe uh, Stephen Yen would be on this too, but they didn't. But no one had seen him going there, so they don't know. Right. It's definitely looking like a action packed and exciting episode coming up. It will. It'll be good. I'm excited. But mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm excited. Like this is end of season excited. Mm-hmm. But it's just end of Rick. Yes. Right. Which and you can't really be that excited about, actually. No. But you know why we're excited? Because mm. the writing is so good. Yes. 
they've actually gotten back to they've really done very good well. writing. And uh, and that's that just makes all the difference. But yeah. are you a little disappointed that he could possibly be going out this way? That oh, like, I, it I, just I, happens that there's a piece of rebar there and he falls off his horse onto it? I don't think uh, that's well, it. it's I, I mean, too convenient. I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily... I mean, he's not going out that way, but it's probably like brought on by the infection of some... Who knows? There's probably something else that happens, but mm-hmm. I, I can't fathom to understand like how he's actually going to go out. I know this isn't going to be... Go out, he may go out just by leading the walkers away. Yeah. You know, the horse was just still walk there. walk off in the sunset? No, no, the horse was still there. Mm-hmm. The horse hadn't run off. I mean, for all we know, he'll pull himself off that slab and get on the horse and continue leading the walkers away. Well, but that's how, what they showed. How is the horse... Oh, okay, but how does the horse stay alive with all those walkers going through? It's well, going to not get run spooked. Out. Well, they haven't gotten there yet. Right. It was off to the side, just hanging out. We'll see. So there's a... Yeah, but they've already shown us that the horse is surviving. And, I right. mean, is the fact that he's passed out, is that no walkers are going to eat him because he's passed out now? Like, normally mm-hmm. they had to put goop and stuff all over him to not be, I guess, smelled by the walkers, but well, now they, he's They he's mainly fine. go on sight. I mean, on uh, hearing, so. That's what I'm wondering. The walkers are pretty close. Both of those herds are very close. For him to pass out, and then be able to w- wake up and get himself off of that rebar before the walkers get to him. When that he's seems screaming, he was screaming. Fairly impossible to me. So I'm wondering if the whole dream sequence, that entire episode, might happen within just a few minutes' time span, mm-hmm. and they just extend it for an hour. You know, and um, you don't think he ever gets off that slab? That's what I'm thinking. And he could just die on that slab. How's he going to get himself off that thing? I think he gets off the slab. Especially when his back is to the slab. Mm, I don't that, know. I mean, be, yeah, that would be pretty hard to get off that, yeah. like that big piece of rebar. That would time. hurt like a bitch. Yes, but it would. if you're desperate. Whew, I cannot even imagine. All right, so um, why don't we go ahead and move into our hit or miss segment? And uh, as we always like to do, Kimmy, you want to take us out? So my hit is the conversation between Daryl and Rick, obviously. And the part that hit me the most was when Daryl says, take my hand, brother. And it's like, as soon as he says that. No, Rick said it. Or I said, that's what I meant. Rick said yeah. it. Mm-hmm. As soon as he said that, though, um, it's like all the past grievances are just gone. We understand mm-hmm. each other now. We're friends. We can get through this together. All of that just disappears. And Daryl grabs his hand and gets out. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Yeah, I agree. Stu? Uh, my biggest hit, very, but it's a minor one, and I'm, I have another hit. Really? If, you, if you allow that to me. Okay. Uh, when uh, Carol beats down Jed, mm-hmm. that was my, that was my like, physical hit. That was awesome. The hit for the writing of the show was um, the turmoil that Michonne's going through at the beginning of the episode, yeah. mm-hmm. and then her having to deal with all these other demons like outside. Right. Because if Rick is gone, she's got to be like the new leader. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Setting it you know, up for just de- the development of her character, I think, a little bit more in that I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I could I could I could see that. Yeah, I thought it was very powerful. Um, my hit was similar to yours, Kim. It was Daryl's lines. You know, I, I just thought his dialogue was provoking, uh, thought provoking and, and very intuitive. And mm-hmm. I really 
I just want to say shame on you, Scott Gimple, for for holding this character hostage with a caveman for so long. I mean, really, that's pitiful. I agree. Uh, this this finally we're seeing a, a interesting Daryl. Yeah, and I, and I think that will continue. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I think Very even long. before like he was captured with with yeah. Negan and stuff, they were treating him like he didn't have anything to say at all. Right, he was just well, muscle. You notice that his popularity has kind of gone down in the past couple of seasons. And I think that is directly related to the fact that he's not really done much. Mm. And I think that he's probably going to spike again. His popularity is like with us? With the women folk. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't think that. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they have a meter on that? Yes. Do they have meetings on that? Possibly. Yes. There's like a women folk meeting. called Walker Stalker. Oh, oh, really? Uh, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> so there's been a, a, a much less uh, women want to lick him? Um, You know, there's still a lot of women who want to lick him. Okay. But isn't he kind of grungy? That's why we like him. Does he smell nice at least? He does. Okay. Yeah. He looks yeah. terrible. But... Uh, he's great. He's just great. um so i actually have two honorable mentions by the way oh come on jesus okay well you you can get them at the end of the show Uh, scott what is your miss no go ahead kim fine (laughs) (laughs) you look like your daughter when you did that scrunchy face (laughs) i did my first honorable mention is that we heard the first fuck of the season we did daryl oh okay Okay. I think they're only allowed the, the, like two or three a season. The actual word. The actual word. And he okay. still mumbled it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. The other is that we've got two new characters, Nora and... Oh, yeah. Where do those people come from? And Nora's just a, someone in the town that works for Michonne. But she has actual lines. And yeah, then who's the other chick? Um, where did we see her? Mm-hmm. Oh, the girl that was the watch... The... Uh, the um, one that was supposed to transfer the message from Rick. The kid? Yeah. Yes, the but kid. But I'm talking about there's somebody else. Was there? I thought that was her. I thought it was the other person. Because we hadn't know. seen her before. That's true. And she was like, uh, yeah, I think they're done hearing any of that stuff, Rick. Yeah, they're not getting that message, Rick. No. Anyways, I like that we have some new characters with actual lines, so maybe we'll have... Yeah, maybe I, think they're, be I think they're still just town filler, though. We'll see. So, somebody else has to say something in the town. You cannot have that kind of afro and just be town filler. That's what I'm saying. That was pretty I, sweet. I digged her glasses, man. They were pretty sharp. Yeah. She was. She had quite the hair. Mm-hmm. Is that it, Kim? That's it. All right. How about throwing a miss our way? Um, I didn't have a miss. No, I actually do have a miss. And that is that I'm just not really convinced that Rick... I don't know. I just, I can't get into Rick. Like, he's really? just cheesy. Wow. Um, he had some cheesy lines, no doubt, but, man, I, I, don't, I don't get that. His face mannerisms, mm-hmm. the lines, I, don't, I just can't get into it. And I'm, I He's hope, overdoing it, for he's sure. He's overdoing it. He's well, he always it. has. I, Andrew Lincoln's know, always but done it's, that. He's on his way out. So, like, let's try to be a little bit genuine. So, next week, I'm not sure... How I'm gonna react? Like, we oh, all know. You're gonna be sad. You're gonna be sad. No, I mean, like, we all know what's gonna happen. Well, at least to the point where we know that it's his last episode. But it's like, I don't know. 
Yeah. Am I going to be sad? I don't know. You, you cry when I don't bring you a fork for dinner. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. I've seen it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite embarrassing. I don't think you're going to be sad. You'll be sad. Hell, I, get, yes. I cry when I see it. Yeah, I do agree that he's he's bit, he was a bit over the top in this one. Yeah. I, and I think it was primarily with the uh, the Daryl thing. Andy Andy Lincoln always has been. I mean, yeah, yes. You know, with his spazzes and his his crying and his his red eyes and so forth every time he goes into well and it's like the high rank. inflection stuff it's like yeah. what do you think i'm doing man you just right. like dude just mm-hmm. tone it down just bring it pull it in a little bit there andy yep. pull it in yep. 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 Um, but i disagree with you though i do think i do think his character is very interesting right now um as he struggles to against almost everybody for different reasons keeping that that group together Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to watch how he, you know, interacts with each one of these people that are breaking up the group for all kinds of different reasons. Yeah, all those times when he's not talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Now, I thought I thought this scene with with uh, with Carol was great when he talked to her and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, I even love the way he said, "Now get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> all right, Stu, you got a miss. Uh, my miss was the, um, I think that we had talked about earlier, the walkers coming down the chute. Yes, yes. For one thing, the fact that there was just like a group of walkers that was coming all of a sudden, uh-huh. and then they all fell down the exact same little spot. Yeah. Like, I think there may may have been two chutes. There was two. But there was definitely a, a one One chute. on either side of where yeah. where uh, Rick was climbing. That was that was my miss. Yes. Because yes. it was just kind of ridiculous. And the fact that, there were handholds in that wall to mm-hmm. get out, and mm-hmm. they were not using them. And yeah. they were like, oh, wait, get on my shoulder. And it was like, there are footholds and handholds in that wall to climb out of there. Well, not only that, they have tools on them that they can yeah. be using to make handholds. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. right. Stab you know, a knife in the wall or an axe or something. Yeah, like, I mean, pull yourself up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although not- I do have to say, when he first went after the root, he's like, the roots look like the only thing that's going to get us out of here. And he fall, fell on his ass. I thought that yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my miss was the hole in general. Um, I, what the hell was this hole doing out there? <laughs> Why was this hole completely clean? I mean, mm-hmm. there's leaves all over the woods and everything like that, but there's nothing in that hole at all. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I Yeah, I thought the hole itself, I the dialogue and the confrontation between Rick and Daryl was great. The hole was stupid. You know, I'm going to take your entire conversation and use it out of context in another audio thing, Oh, by the way. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> just to let you know, I was just warning you, by the way. Thanks, thanks. I okay, can't wait okay. to uh, catch the end of our podcast yeah. this week. Yeah. If you want to say hole anymore. Ah, hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have one last uh, miss. Ave Maria. I thought you had a hard time with the first miss. No, I didn't. I okay. didn't say that. Okay. Not this time. Um, this last miss <laughs> is from the fan perspective, and that is that Andrew Lincoln was not at Walker Stalker this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrew Lincoln has been at every single Atlanta Walker Stalker since its inception, and this, I think, was a huge missed opportunity. It's one week before his very last episode. This could have been his hurrah moment where he gets the chance to say goodbye to his fans and have his fans say goodbye to him, which is, like, super important. 
he always does a panel and it's the biggest draw to the entire convention mm-hmm. and he wasn't there for that this weekend primarily because it's it's so uh rare for him to actually do anything and when he does the yeah. panel it's like the yep. one opportunity that people actually have to interact with him or hear right. him Right, and the only Walker Stalker convention he does is Atlanta and London, and that's because he lives in both locations. And the reason he didn't do this one is because he's already back in England. But, I mean, come on. It's a plane Uh, flight. If if you want to uh, go back and listen to our last podcast, I think Scott and I were saying the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. We're saying that this seems like a terrible time for him not to at least make an appearance. Yeah. Well, it was very it was more evident this weekend to just, you know, talk to the, some of the fans, talk to the volunteers and even talk to some of the staff Were members. Were other people saying that? Oh, all the time, yeah. Oh, there you go. All okay. over the place. Everybody was like this would have been a perfect opportunity for us to be yeah. able to say goodbye to him and his character. And now we don't have that. I mean, even Stephen Yun was there. Yeah. yeah. If Stephen Yun can be there and um Michael Cudlitz and all those guys who have been far gone, John Bernthal and he that hasn't guy, been and on in season. And the guy that died in season one, who's there with the boot? Yeah, Daniel Thomas May. <laughs> yeah. if That's those, a bad example. Scott. If those Sorry. guys can be there, why can't Andrew Lincoln? Yeah. And it was kind of a letdown, actually, as a fan, for him. It made us. I think it made a lot of people feel like we weren't important enough for him to show up. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if maybe he just didn't want all the attention. Uh, like I don't just, think he's just throwing it out there. I don't, I don't think he ever wants the attention that much. It seems like he's he's a little bit more closed off. But to to be able to say goodbye and actually not even say goodbye to keep the connection going with his fans, yeah. you know, because right. it, you know he's been on the show for nine years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something you're going to be living with for the rest of your life. So oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it seems like you kind of want to go out on a good note and. Mm-hmm. And oh, he's definitely been. He's definitely going to be typecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to kind of leave it as an open book is kind of a weird way to do it. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was like the biggest disappointment of everything. So, yeah. well, several of you wrote in about the episode. Emmeline Veltkamp said, "Dare I say it? Dare I say we've had three good episodes in a row? First off, why can't men just talk to each other?" If Rick and Daryl had sat down and talked, had that talk a year ago, things would be so different. Ugh! So many wonderful one-on-one interactions in this episode. Watching Negan without all of his bravado is so enjoyable. I think we've we've answered it for the men as far as as it goes, <laughs> Emmeline. That's just not going to happen. But it's the way <laughs> you know. Actually, I think I I much think that's much more believable. Than if than if it was a lot of you know if they were sh- doing a lot of sharing. I yeah I agree with you. I just wish they had when it came down to the actual conversation. I wish they had said just a little bit more. But to end it off by Rick saying "Grab my hand, brother," like that was mm-hmm. that was it. Right. That's all it, he needed. It just to say. said that in the end, at the base, this is where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And for Daryl to say, I would die for you, and I would have died for Carl. Well, and I think it, the conversations continue to the point where he, when Rick actually ends up leaving, because I don't think we talked about that part, where mm-hmm. uh, Daryl's like, no, man, what are you doing? No, we got to get out of here. And he's like, no, i got to lead him away. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, he's, he's making the ultimate sacrifice at right. that point. Even yeah. though we don't think he's going to die, necessarily. We know he's going to die. But, um... <laughs> but you know what? You know, it's funny. Uh, we didn't... We, I 
we didn't mention it about um, one of the best lines of the show was when Daryl said to to Rick about the fact that he would have died for him and he would have died for for um, Carl. Carl. And uh, and then he says, so you need to listen to me. Mm hmm. You know, that's when he was saying to look, I'm I'm the one who's always been there for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you need to listen to me this time. And yes. I thought that was a very effective way of putting it. Because you could see that that uh, Rick kind of did a r- little bit of a double take on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He stopped short of just, like, grabbing by the face and be like, look at me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Open your eyes. Uh, Joe Johnson said, I knew Maggie's actions were going to be the reason for Rick's death. Uh, looks like next week's episode is just going to be a Rick's head astroplane, just like Tyrese. Uh, mm-hmm. But we've already seen the death scene. Side note: I know Kim thinks Jadis was walking or was talking to the Commonwealth, but I'm still holding out for the whispers. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Wait, he's he's throwing a little tidbit in there, isn't he? He is. Don't it, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I won't say anything. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Mark LaBarnway said Michonne's scenes were actual the actual meat of this episode. As we've seen, she feels imprisoned within the walls of Alexandria and within the walls of self-imposed responsibility she has placed on herself. No wonder she seeks out uh, at night to kill walkers. That's her release, her means of feeling free and alive. She's too busy trying to be the mother of everyone. She's mm-hmm. the mother of dragons. Oh. <laughs> or Alexandrians. Of, or you of know, everyone. Whatever. As she's, yeah. Okie mm-hmm. doke. <laughs> well, I mean, that is the the interesting thing is that when she is put into that place at the start, you know, she she's responsible for everything. What is Rick doing? I guess Rick's I just doing everything on the outside yeah. of Alexandria. Well, right? I do think I do think Rick's kind of you know, he, yeah, exactly. He's just he's his he's got more of a global aspect to it. Yep. Maggie's running Hilltop. Carol's running with uh, King Ezekiel, uh, the kingdom, and Michonne's running the uh, Alexandria. Um, you know, it's funny, though. One thing I did think about when you were talking about... Um, who was that character you said? The new character? Nora. Nora. You know, we were talking last week about how Michonne's um, attire hasn't changed. Yeah. I yeah. really felt like in that episode, or that scene, she needed to be in something more dignified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You right. know, I mean, really? acting... Yeah, acting as the leader of this place. And she's still in that same outfit that she was at wearing the night before out killing walkers. What, you do you know. want her in a pantsuit or something? Well, no, but I mean, just something, a different shirt maybe or something. I don't know. Kim, Kim always comes at you with, like, the defensive thing. What do you want? <laughs> huh? I, I'll tell you what I want. I want a nice blouse. She can still be wearing the jeans and everything else. Looking Chaps a little bit and more, lingerie. Looking a little bit more like a leader <laughs> than a warrior. It's funny that you brought that up, too, because uh, one of the panel questions... When I can't remember who was on stage actually, but one of the panel questions was actually about the attire of the cast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how it has changed a little bit this year, except for Michonne. Right. She's got to, I mean, Kim, come on. What? She's got to want some comfortable pants. Those pants that she's wearing don't look comfortable. Hey, maybe she likes type stuff. No, she tight. might. She tight. might. Tight leather pants are not going to be comfortable. <laughs> when you're doing just menial work around the place. Mm-hmm. But tank tops are. Tank tops are fine. That's that's Especially totally in fine. Georgia. Well, she's in Virginia. 
She's in Virginia. Right. But how often do you come home and you're like, I'm going to throw on my pajama pants? All the time. Yeah. That's uh-huh. like... Got them on now. Yes. Exactly. Uh, all right. <laughs> you are my flower at Rennie89 said... Oh, thanks. One of the best TWD episodes I've ever seen. It's favorite after No Sanctuary and Consumed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can get up there with that. Uh, here we go. T. Watkins, 817, said, Bonjour, fear me. It's been amazing all the way to the edge of my seat. Absolutely loving it. It's The Walking Dead. They are aiming to please. Yep, I think they, I, I got to agree with that. I mean, they're, they're getting back to uh, some real good show running right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Eileen McGuire at Lovey McGuire said, Excellent episode. Why would Aunt Jadis have Buckethead Zombie bite Father Gabriel? Did the helicopter people want A and B zombies? That's what we were wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gabriel, Gabriel forgiving Anne scene was quite powerful. Forgiveness is underrated and short supply on this show. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's very good comments. I mean, uh, I... While I still can't quite figure out exactly what's going on between Father Gabriel and Anne, and while I don't see them, uh, I don't see the chemistry as a romantic couple, but I do see them being very good friends. Yeah. So, yeah. so I can definitely, uh, I, that, that scene where he's forgiving her is pretty powerful. And with all the stuff that's going on with Rick and everybody else, I mean, that seems kind of like the new lead to where the story's running, you know? What is going on with what, what's happening there? Right. I mean, that, that seems to be what, what's going to affect our community. It may be to us right now as we're watching this, this episode be a small part compared to some of the others. But it could be a hugely pivotal part to the future of the show. Yep. We don't know. We'll find out. Especially with all this input from other people. Yes. What are you talking about? Nothing. Uh, so next week. Yeah, I, I was going to do that. <laughs> Next week on The Walking Dead, Season 9, Episode 5, What Comes After? Uh, Rick is forced to face the past as he struggles to maintain the safety of the communities and protect the future he and Carl envisioned. <laughs> so, well, I think that shit's over. Yeah, well, I just that just means he's going to get a visit from the ghost of past. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Christmas past. Yep. And, Carl's uh, past. And... You know, maybe, maybe, maybe he is going to lead the walkers away as his final, final effort before he dies. I don't know. Well, they that. show him on the, they show him in the scene on the horse with the blood all down his side. Uh, now, I I tend to agree with Kim on that one. That that's a little bit probably uh, fantastic. He would fight his way to get back. I think parts a lot of it will be, but I'm not so sure that is. I'll see. We'll see. Okay. I mean. He can't just ride off into the sunset with the walkers behind him because, like I just said, he would not just keep going. He would fight his way back to get to to his community. Although I have to say, after do after going to the the convention all weekend, and the only thing that Kim wanted was the Walking Dead poster from the first season mm-hmm. with Rick coming into Atlanta. Yeah, on the with, horse. Yeah, with all the cars going out of Atlanta. Right. Which is actually kind of like any normal day in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> minus the horse. But it's, yeah. the, it's the Walking Dead iconic poster. Yeah, yeah, the iconic poster. And so when they ended it mm-hmm. with uh, him walking with the zombies coming in, I thought that, that was like, ah, perfect. Oh, and by the way, I never found that poster. I could not. Can't find it anywhere. Couldn't find it. Couldn't Nowhere. Find it. So 
Yeah, Freaking Walking Dead convention. So can't if there find is it. a listener out there that wants that that can find that poster and send it to Kim, I would love you forever. Yeah, she would love you forever. I'll let well, you she podcast loves you with forever us already, night. but she will really, really, really love you forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She'll even send you a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. If Stuart ever makes some T-shirts. If Stuart makes some T-shirts, Stuart, get on those T-shirts. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So if you want your own t-shirt, you can write to us. Terrible. At fearmepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at fearmepodcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Good night, everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.